Mm. Hey guys, it's been about a year that we've all been in lockdown in pandemic. I remember Matt and I were doing podcasts together in LA when when lockdown started to happen, and we were like, "Should we you like still- ran out of my house and like <laughs> went to Georgia?" Yeah, and it's like, should we still be podcasting? This is kind of weird. It's kind of weird what's going down. But we've been like trapped in our own homes for like a year. Yeah, almost to the day. Yesterday was the day that schools closed and everything. Uh, one year ago, the nineteenth will be the day we left LA for the first time, which which was wild. Kate and I packed up the car when we heard that there was a lockdown happening. We hopped in the car, we packed up, and we we drove to Georgia. So in doing all this, my wife mentioned she's like, "You guys should do something about movies where people are trapped." And I was like, "That's not a bad idea." Now I bet you're all wondering why I'm in a cardboard box, but we'll get to that. <laughs> We'll get to that. If you haven't seen him in the cardboard box, you should be watching our uh, YouTube videos that we've started. Check it out. You can see the handsome boys, not just listen to our sexy velvet voices. Yes, we are doing a YouTube component. It's on our YouTube channel. It's YouTube, the Launchpad Podcast. You can check us out on our other social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod. And our website, launchpadpod.com. You can see me. I I got a Twitch thing coming up. I'm doing something for The Walking Dead. You can catch me uh, coming up. I'll, I'll, I'll drop some more deets on the social media, but... I'm going to be doing a live stream for the Walking Dead AMC, which I'm pretty excited about. I don't know more info than that, but we'll release it as it comes. In the meantime, let's get started with uh, getting trapped in the podcast. <laughs> Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. I'm Matt. And Matt, uh, I don't know about you, but ever since I've been trapped in this pandemic and lockdown, we've been getting just an influx of cardboard, like an obscene amount of cardboard yeah, shows up yeah. at our house. Yeah, same here. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I was like, it's revolutionizing everything. I was like, can you imagine if you were a cardboard company? Like if you were at like Amazon's box company a year ago, you were like, man, Amazon's great. This great company. We're making so much money. And then it was like, uh, people can't go to stores anymore. And Amazon's, I mean, I don't know what Amazon's numbers were this year as a to last year, but can you imagine? Can you imagine how many fucking cardboard boxes? I mean, I literally have to like spend a half hour in my garage at least once a week cutting up cardboard with a razor blade, and mm-hmm. I, I got lost and and carried away in the cardboard cutting. And here I am trapped in a cardboard box. I don't know where I am. It's like it's like an <laughs> infinite maze of cardboard, and here I am stuck in it. So I figured might as well just do the podcast from here because I'm not getting out anytime soon. The sound quality is pretty good for a cardboard box. Where is, is that like an Amazon box or did it come from, like, what else do you get? eBay? <laughs> eBay? No, this is pretty much oh, Amazon. It's only Amazon. We feed the beast. You know, the devil's growing off, off our hunger for convenience and low prices. Just wait for when the baby gets a little bit older and starts to play with, like, actual toys. Like, when she's playing with toys, it's nonstop. Like, for Christmas this year, it took us, no joke, almost a month to catch up with, like, the pile of ripped down cardboard boxes we had for trash to throw them in the in the recycle bin one you know one load at a time we'd fill up that bin and still have like two bins worth just sitting in the driveway yeah no i believe it i believe it it's so ridiculous how much shit shows up and just like you feel like such a trashy consumer because you're just like more cardboard i i and we've been recycling but i just hope that it isn't that it's enough you know i just want it to be enough for me everyone right now is like are we talking about movies today are we old men bitching about politics and cardboard (laughs) and and trash output i 
remember when there was no Amazon. I had to go to a store to get a goddamn thing. We had to order our own cardboard boxes <laughs> and go pick them up. <laughs> I moved, like we moved recently, like we said, we moved to a new house in Georgia and the amount of cardboard that came with that was less than I get <laughs> from like Amazon yeah, my, in my a monthly month. Amazon order. <laughs> and you know, it's funny, you just said like throwing it away, feel bad and everything. I was like, I have a little boy who's almost two years old. I should be making shit out of this cardboard. We should be making like bitch awesome like mazes, like just like bitching mazes slash forts and stuff oh. out of these cardboard boxes. Well, this brings me to my first movie about being trapped, Rumi. Oh yeah, the cardboard box trap. I love that movie. No, it's called Dave Made a Maze. Have you ever seen this movie? No. It's about a guy who builds a cardboard box Wait, maze. Wait, is this real? Yes. 2017, Dave Made a Maze. And this Dave, is a movie you've seen? Yes. Dave Guys, this wasn't... What a, that was the best transition we've ever done. I honestly had no clue that that was a movie, let alone that he was going to say that. That's the organic shit you find here on the Launchpad podcast. The fact that you leaned into it, it just made the setup even better. So this is... It's great. It's great. It's called Dave Made a Maze, 2017. Basically, his friends get a phone call that's real choppy, and he's like, hey, um, I'm trapped in the maze that I made. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I'm, I made a maze. And they're like, where? In my house. And they're like, what? And he's like, I'm trapped. Can you help me? And so his friends show up and it's literally, they open the door and there's a cardboard box in the middle. It's like Dave's maze. And they crawl through and it's this infinite maze inside. And the whole movie's made out of cardboard. The Does whole it look movie. small on the outside? It looks small on the outside. And the more you crawl into it, it's just infinite spaces. There's a minotaur in there. There's like, people start turning into like paper bag puppets. It's bizarre. It's a what real- What genre? Is it for kids? No. No. A bizarre comedy. Like, okay. It's, it's a weird movie. But not action, not fantasy per se. I mean, they fight minotaurs with cardboard swords and shit. And like there's traps in there, like cardboard paper tubes, like spiking people. Mm -hmm. And like it, it's pretty brilliant. Some people are going to say, oh, boring. It could be. I, I could see where people could be like, it didn't have a lot of, like, it's once they're inside the maze, you you could see a version of this movie It's all action and fun. It's a lot of people, like, finding who they were and, like, what their friendships mean, which... So, yeah, boring. Boring movie. Got it. No. It's really good. Uh, Bill Watterson dr uh, directed it. Uh, he He's also one of the writers. I don't recognize many of the people in it, but I really did enjoy the movie, and I think artistically it was really cool, and I think what they did with a bunch of cardboard is freaking awesome. You guys should check out the trailer and uh, if you have seen this movie, let us know what you think about it. I think it's great. I think I, I recommend it to a lot of people, but it is kind of a quirky like comedy. It's quirky. It's fun. Worth a watch though, you think? I recommend it. I don't yeah. know if you are going to like it. Knowing what you like, well, I don't know if you would like it, personally. Worst comes to worst, you could just, I mean, if I didn't like it, I could just seal it closed and return it. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> but it's like one of those things, it's um, oh, who's that guy that some people love him and some people don't who did like the the Matt Corrigan no it's it's a famous oh, director he did guy. like Rushmore and he did like Anderson Wes Anderson it's yeah. it's got that kind of vibe for sure yeah and I like one or two of his movies yes. Rushmore being one of the two and the rest yeah. Steve Steve's was it Zao Zuzu aquatic bullshit the aquatic one I like life aquatic yeah that one I like uh, yeah but not love like I'm not like oh I need to watch that once every couple of years yeah, Wes Anderson's I'm pretty just okay with. It's like, those are good movies. I enjoy that. But like real Tannenbaums, you're like, everybody's depressed. I get it. Like I, I can't uh, stand it. But you know what? Even even his movies that I hate, which is most 
most of them, I gotta give him. I gotta give him credit as an auteur. Like yeah. he does his own thing. He does his style. It's very much him, and it's well done. It's just not my taste. So I'll shit all over it, but I'll give him credit for doing it. I noticed that the ones I like, like Moonrise Kingdom, that was like pretty awkward because it's about two kids like dating that are young, mm. and I I thought that was pretty brilliant. Everybody's like, that's one of his worst ones. I'm like, excuse me, Rushmore. I like Rushmore. Everybody's like, that's that one sucks. Those people are so annoying. I was like, I like that one. So it's no. like the ones that I like, everybody yeah. else shits on. So okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I'm just on the app. But yeah, Dave Made a Maze is not a Wes Anderson movie. It is a Bill right. Watterson movie. And it's really fun. It's really cool. And again, shit tons of cardboard to make this awesome environment. It's pretty cool. Well, I have a bunch. I have like I have way more here than I have to talk about because it was one of those things that like I was like, I'm going to go look at my garage where I keep all my movies and just run my finger across the spines and just hit stop whenever I hit one that is a trap type movie. Yep. I didn't even make it out there because off the top of my head, I thought of so many i have a bunch the f- yeah and i it's definitely others and there's a couple that are stretches there's a couple that i would say are haunted house movies so i'm not going to go into them because i don't think trapped is like like the main one of the main parts of the movie like event horizon they're kind of trapped on that ship but that's not like the movie's not about them being trapped the movie is about what's happening in the ship and that the ship is haunted so like i'm not i think that's a good one but i'm not going to go into that one the one that i thought immediately when you threw me this idea for an episode was the descent yeah which great. i freaking love that was one of those movies it was uh what's the 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 do you know the director's name off the top of your head oh man you're gonna because put me on the spot he did dog soldiers kind of, yeah. he did he did doomsday which i love oh man neil marshall there you go he does great stuff and i remember i don't know where you were when dog soldiers came out but it was one of those things that like the internet was a thing but it wasn't as big as it was now and it certainly wasn't the platform and it was like you'd find out dog soldiers was supposed to come out in december of whatever year it was i think it was like my sophomore or junior year in college and then december came and no dog soldiers and you kept like digging into it and then you'd hear like oh it got pushed back it got pushed back got pushed back when finally it came out it was pretty close to the movie that I think at least I hoped it was and then later on when The Descent was coming out that was a little bit bigger of a release because I think that was theatrical and people were like oh it's by the guy who did dog soldiers and I was like oh that's pretty cool but it still didn't get Descent didn't get a lot of um, press and you didn't really hear much about it but then like when you watch it like this movie's fucking fantastic and it does a couple things really well number one it's uh, like all female protagonists, right? And they go spelunking in this cave and it's it's written and directed by a guy, but it doesn't, I feel like sometimes you watch a movie starring all girls that was made by a guy or vice versa for that matter, but it feels like what dudes think girls do and sound like. Yes. And sometimes it could be stupid or sometimes it could be insulting to women, but it doesn't ever feel like genuine. This is just yeah. women hike, like, w- like women explorers hiking and spelunking. They're not like talking about boys. They're not not talking about boys they're just fucking hiking and and you know exploring this cave they're being they friends stuck. yeah and and they feel yeah. very re- realistic as friends Absolutely. which is impressive and on top of that there's the other piece where it's like i think a, a lot of movies where it's a bunch of like fit girls doing stuff mm-hmm. most of the camera angles would be like on the butt booty right. shots and like yeah. this movie doesn't go in for that it it's it was very realistic in in how it portrayed friends and people in a cave i loved how they shot this thing because they didn't go to a real cave it's all on set which i thought was oh, really is really cool true? yeah so they, they like at the very beginning like the entrance right, to the cave into it yeah, yeah. Where, where it's obviously obviously outside but like inside the cave was a set and they shot it really smart which and, you know, that's awesome the way that they shot it smart is i and this is why this movie jumped to my brain 
first when you mentioned this topic, I can't think of a movie like I'm not very claustrophobic in real life. I can handle small spaces at least as well as the next person. No one likes it. Sure. But I remember watching this movie and my skin was crawling before we even get to the monster creatures, yeah. which there are in this movie and they're pretty cool. But like the they get trapped in this cave and they can't get out. And the way it's shot when that part of the movie happens, you feel fucking claustrophobic. So it really is a, you know, an artist of a director and, and I guess a cinematographer kind of looking at the frame and saying, okay, if we're showing this action, what's the best way to portray this where the audience is going to feel tight in here? And it really does feel like you're trapped. And then they get to a thing where they find these like, you know, weird mole man creatures that are running around and they're eating them, killing them and stuff. And that's well done and everything too. But I actually enjoy, it's almost like from Dust Till Dawn, how the first part of the movie is like an action bank heist hostage movie. And then they get to vampires. Yeah. That's what happens here. This is like a trapped in a cave. We can't get out. How are you going to survive? Oh, there's also monsters down here movie. And I actually think the trap part is a, is a way better part. And I'm on board for that even without the monster. Yeah, I think, I mean, and, and they, you know, obviously they, they've made that movie. There are movies where people are trapped in underwater or trapped in a shark cage or trapped, whatever mm -hmm. it is. But like, I love that it, the monsters are there. I think they're cool because it does one of my favorite things where a real life tragedy, the death of her husband and child in a car accident in the first five minutes of the movie, spoiler alert, yeah, um, carries over into sort of the breakdown of her friendship because you find out that like some of her friends aren't really her friends and kind of backstabbers and like the monsters sort of play into that fragile relationship and it's the strength she needs to find to survive this horrible situation is what also helps her heal from her tragedy so it's like <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of wild it's a great movie great it's movie. good i would it's highly recommend it's one of those that like i bought i watched i bought i don't know how many times i've seen it but it's definitely not enough like i should be watching it we more. so walking dead at the beginning of the year pre-covid times we need it we need a, a like a term for that like like bce you know how bc before common era is yeah, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. what is the pre-covid anyway we did this event where it was like all the crew gets to watch a movie together and and we did the, the descent and it was awesome it was so cool to see it on the big screen really cool that's man neat. yeah i didn't see it on the big screen i saw it at home it's violent too which is in a in a great way the kind that i love just really gnarly <laughs> very very visceral biting and oh the monsters are great that's a good one Rumi. and i think something you brought up and i like i like that you said the claustrophobia i think is a big part of these movies when you can make a space feel so small and like i don't know if people realize a lot of times when you're making a movie three walls are there and one wall is just a giant open studio and there's like a hundred people on the other side of it looking at you and so like to make a set feel small or to make an environment feel small in using camera angles and using your lighting and just your your available environment is really cool so let me bring up another one let's see i want to bring up one that is kind of a metaphorical i want to bring up rear window oh okay so rear window is one of my favorite favorite Hitchcock's. Okay. It's really cool movie. Uh, and this guy played by Jim Stewart has a broken leg and he is passing his time while he has this broken leg because it used to be way more of a layup. You'd be stuck in your house for <laughs> weeks. You know, nowadays I feel like people are like, I got a broken leg. And you're like, what are you doing at work? And they're like, I got these I crutches. This, like, the robo <laughs> boot and I could walk around in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, back in the day, you had to literally post up with your leg up in the air and uh, it 
was tough. It was tough. So this came out in 1954 and he spends the time looking out his windows with binoculars, you know, for birds, but he also sees some shit and he sees some shit go down and he's trying to solve the murder mystery. But the whole time it's like, uh oh, he's getting more and more in danger. And when he realizes that the bad guys know that he's seen them mm-hmm. and they're coming for him, that tension has built through the roof because he can't move. The whole thing is basically from his room where he is trapped because he has a broken leg. So it's a very cool, uh, it's a very cool gimmick that works really well. And I think people have tried this again and again to, to varying degrees of success. But this one, the original is a masterpiece in my opinion. This is a great movie. It is a really good movie. And it's, you know, I mean, what's the worst Hitchcock movie you ever saw? It was still pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so it's like, yeah. and this is him at his best. I mean, Jimmy Stewart plays a character who is a like super adventurous photographer and he got hurt by like photographing this like car race so close that a car crashed and hit him, which yeah. is how like, which is shows like that's how like he's laid up more than the regular person because he's used to running through, you know, car races and adventurous shit. So now he's laid up. That movie's awesome and it's definitely, I mean, he Hitchcock is known as the master of tension and suspense and like for a reason or for multiple reasons, you know, he he's just fucking fantastic at it. Um, so I, that's that's a good one. I didn't think of that one as a trapped one, but yeah, it tur- totally is. And it's it and some of these on my list as well are kind of like multi layered because he can't really leave his house and his apartment, but he's yeah. also trapped in a wheelchair. Like he can't even physically move too much so you're almost with that cast on your not you're trapped in your body but you're trapped kind of with your body you can't do nearly as much as you could do without it and think how scary it is like it's one thing to be trapped in your house and you're like i have i have the space to move around it's inconvenient but here we are it's not i i can do this but like if you're trapped in one room if you are trapped in your body to be like paralyzed i can't imagine that feeling of well i see the open world around me. Mm-hmm. I could go there if I wanted to, but I can't. I, I want to and I can't. And that to me is almost a more intense trap to not be able to move outside of your immediate space when you really want to or really need to. And I, I think it's a great setup for a lot of high tension. Yeah, I think so too. And there's a couple movies that there's a Hayden Christensen movie that starts like that. I don't think that's the whole movie, but at least starts like that. There's another movie too, I forget. A Shia LaBeouf one that was like he has a ankle monitor on. So Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Disturbia. Disturbia. Disturbia is just the same. It's a, it's an, it's like a hipper, newer kid version of Rear Window. I yeah. loved it. Did we see that together and you hated it? No, like that must have been buried. Yeah, it. yeah. Of course. Well, there's nothing like when you watch it. I think it functions as a movie. It does what it should do, but it does nothing like exceptional. It doesn't do anything you haven't seen before. It doesn't do. There's no scenes that you've never seen before in another movie. Let 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 alone a, a you know a Hitchcock Rear Window. But like, I think it's fun. And I think that was like, I don't, Shia LaBeouf's one of those people who like, I don't want to invite him over my house, but like some of the movies he's in are kind of enjoyable and his character is kind of enjoyable. Oh, uh, there's, I mean, especially now we live in an age where there's a lot of that, where you're like, yeah, I, I like Tom Cruise movies. Fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Cruise movie. He makes a damn good movie. Uh, but I'm not uh, going to be his friend. I'm not going to be his friend. <laughs> yeah. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson <laughs> makes some fucking good movies. Come on. Come on. Apocalypto is fucking great. That guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> p- sorry, Mel, but like, dude, talent's right. talent. But, but I mean, you got to be careful. You do have to be I careful. Got, I got one for you, okay? okay? Talk about how we're on board with these transitions. One of my favorite trap things, and you kind of inferenced it before, Trapped in the Closet by R. Kelly. <laughs> 
I don't even think R. Kelly is a great musician, but Trapped in the Closet is a certain type of back-ass genius that I cannot get enough of. Now, I am not letting R. Kelly into my house, for sure. I'm not going to, I don't want to be in the same room with him, but I will sing that fucking song on any long drive that I go on. I sing as much of it out loud as I can, and I know a lot of it. Now, Rumi, I know you're dying to. Pick, you to? I, pick the shortest bit you can. Ooh, I, I see it's so hard to pick. Well, let's set it up for anybody who doesn't know what this is. Trapped in the Closet is <laughs> Trapped in the Closet is a uh, hip-hopra is what he calls it, where it's essentially 12 chapters with the same beat and the same song with R. Kelly singing an entire narrative in different voices playing different characters. And there is a visual component where it's like essentially 12 little music videos that are all part of a larger narrative where different characters are doing and, and lip syncing him talking. And like, for instance, there's like him, his girlfriend, this girl he's having an affair with, the guy who's married to the girl he's having an affair with, that guy's boyfriend. And they all have different voices that R. Kelly is doing. And there is a rather large Southern woman who R. Kelly also does her voice. It's fucking fantastic. It is one of those things like Matt it was is obsessed with this. When we were roommates together, he was always like, oh man, Trapped in the Closet. He'd always be it's singing it. so funny. He finally got me to watch it. It is funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be. Here's the weirdest thing. It is joking. Like there are jokes to it, but is the whole thing supposed to be like a big that's joke? The, that's the thing, okay? Like when you watch The Room, The Room is a piece of shit. Just nothing goes right. But the man who was wor- who made that thought it was the next Citizen Kane. So you're laughing at that. For Trapped in the Closet, I'm pretty sure that R. Kelly thought it was the Citizen Kane of what he was doing. I think he thinks it's genius. But like the guy who shot it, the person who put the DVD together, the people who were producing it, did they also think that? And now here's like the thing that, that knocks me over about this Trapped in the Closet is when you watch the DVD, there's special features that have commentary. The commentary is R. Kelly sitting in a recliner watching it on the big screen and you're watching him commentate but there are multiple angles primarily one shooting him from the front so like it's almost like you're the screen watching him watch you and he's like now you see in this scene here and he's talking but it will also do a reverse shot where you're kind of over his shoulder and sometimes not all the times sometimes he will turn around so he's facing the rear camera and will talk to camera but now here's the part that makes me think that other people knew this was stupid and knew it was funny is yeah exactly he'll talk this but they'll keep that shot in from the front so if you guys are watching my youtube right now i'm looking at the camera he'll turn around and go all right in this scene here i was doing this and you're watching the back of his head which means they didn't for some reason they didn't edit it in such a way where you see the correct shot now i don't know why that would be the case but it is and it happens more than once it's so fucking funny but if so r kelly the movie the this movie starts with him waking up in a bed he explains it's not his bed. Then this woman comes in and it's not you. He says, it, I was surprised it wasn't you. She comes in. She's all over him. She gets a call. Her husband's coming home and he has to hide in the closet. So R. Kelly runs in the closet. This guy comes home. R. Kelly's phone goes off in the closet. The guy's now looking around because he knows someone's there. Uh, he finds R. Kelly and that's how that chapter ends. Then the next chapter, that guy, I don't want to spoil it if you guys haven't seen it, but every chapter ends with <laughs> you, what R. You, Kelly You calls. act like there's spoilers. This is There is because the next thing it's oh i can't even it's so fucking funny and it just it's so stupid there's he, how many <laughs> chapters are there there's 12 in the first one
one, and then they made an additional 12, which are funny, but are not... I mean, by then, the gimmick was over, but it's still pretty funny. And then I don't know if they made any more after that There's second. 33 chapters to this. Then there's a handful that I haven't seen. Then the second one was not as fun, although he does play a, a mobster who, like, talks like this, like, hey, Tony, but it's it's R. Kelly, and he goes, this guy. When this came out, I, I, I was talking to Kate about this because we brought up Trapped in the Closet immediately. We were joking because we were like, you know, this was before we knew he was a piece of... Wait a second. We always knew he was a piece of shit. Like, R. Kelly has never not been a known piece of shit to me. So, like, even watching this was just like, this was after everyone was like, oh, he pees on underage girls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, okay, here, here we go. And I just, I lost my voice all week, so this is not going to be as nearly as good as it could be. But he's in the first chapter. This woman, it says, hey, my husband's coming. You got to get out of here. So he goes, oh boy, here we go. You're in for a treat now. This is happening. Sure, sure, quiet. Hurry up and get in the closet. She said, don't you make a sound or some shit is going down. And he goes, why don't I just go out the window? Yes, except th- except for one thing. We're on the fifth floor. Shit, think, shit, think, shit, quick, put me in the closet. So now I'm in this dark ass closet trying to figure out just how I'm going to get my crazy ass about this house. And then it goes, he walks in and yells, I'm home. She says, honey, I'm in the room. He walks in there with a smile on his face and honey I've been missing you she laughs and says I've cooked and ran your bath water I'm telling you now this girl's so good that she deserves an Oscar then it goes um they start like making out and he's trapped in the closet and he goes but things get deeper as the story goes on next thing you know a call goes through on my cell phone tried my best to quickly put it on vibrate <laughs> but from the way he acts I could tell it was too late come on man it's fucking fantastic. It's something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. And there's, there's like multiple affairs. There's baby reveals. There's an, a little person. There's an, a, a near murder. There's, oh, it's it it's ridiculous. It's definitely one of those things that if you get a couple people together with a couple beers and stuff, even if you just watch it one time and even if you don't like it as much as I do, it's worth the, the 45 minute watch. It, it's a spectacle. Like it, it, I can't think of, uh, it's on the r- level with the room. It's that weird. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I don't know if it's good or not, but it's something. You have it's to funny. like it's it's oh, we cracked the fuck up. Like, yeah, we put it on with a group of people and we all were just like, money went into this. People put people accepted these roles to be in and, this. And it is, I mean, he's trapped in the closet, but he's also trapped in the closet of relationships. And R. Kelly explains this in the commentary. And in his words, I'm pretty sure he says there's many a closets. And he means like there's a whole global closet thing, I believe, is what he is is saying. I see. Do you guys remember the South Park trapped in the closet where R. Kelly is in the closet and they keep putting more people in the closet? It's pretty ridiculous. Yep. But like Tom that Cruise was my goes in, John Travolta goes in. That was my introduction to this event, this pop culture phenomena. I I, I, I don't even know how to describe it. It it is it's long and it keeps getting weirder and weirder as it goes. And and Matt basically sang you the thing that goes on repeat just with different words for hours. So I pulled out my gun. <laughs> South Park only makes it South Park is very funny sometimes but also does like the same jokes over and over they also do a thing where I guess some of this was aired on either MTV or some show at a time and some of it wasn't so sometimes they can curse sometimes they don't curse and sometimes when they don't curse the curses are just like turn the volume goes down so you can't hear it hmm. but other times it's R. Kelly saying the word beep <laughs> 
He says the word beep. So he goes, I said, what the beep was you thinking? Thought that I wouldn't find this out. Then I said, you crazy on crack. You have somebody all up in my mother beep. And he's saying the word beep, mother beeping house. I mean, self-censure. What, what do you, I, I, it's the most easiest way to get it out. Otherwise, you have to go in, find the exact word, hit a cut, hit a cut, little razor blade tool, and, like, and then insert a beep noise. <laughs> if you just do it yourself, like, I mean, but you, you'd think that somebody would go in and put the beep it. Why would he do <laughs> And that's the and it's but it's not consistent through the whole thing. Then they're have like right before that that scene, him and his girlfriend are having sex, and I, I won't I won't I won't sing the whole thing. He says, "Baby, we must slow down before I b- bust a vessel in my brain." And then she says, "Please, no, don't stop." And he says, "I caught a cramp." And then she says, "Please keep on going." And I said, "My leg is about to crack." Then she cries out, "Oh my goodness, I'm about to climax." I said, "Cool, climax. Just let go of my leg." <laughs> But he's singing it. <laughs> All right, I, I'm off topic because now I just fucking love this song. I want to sing this like the whole fucking day. You're trapped in my revisiting of trapped in the closet. Trapped in, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about a different closet. Yeah, how what do you a, got? What do you? How got? about a green room? Yes, that was on my list too. That was one, that's one of my favorites from this list. What do you? What do you? So green room is this it? great movie. So it's I I don't know if I'd say it's a horror movie. It's certainly horrific, but it is a a movie about a punk band and they're just trying to find any place to to have a gig because their car's breaking down. They're almost out of gas. They're almost out of money. And they're doing this like Northwestern tour. And they're trying to just find a place to play. And this guy's like, I got a place you can play. It's kind of a biker bar. And they're like, fine, we'll do it. And he goes, okay, they're a little rough. And they're like, fine, we'll do it. We need the money. So they show up to this place and yeah, it's a biker bar. It's a biker bar, but it's also like white power bikers. Yeah, it's like skinheads. like Skinheads. Like- and they're like, oh, this isn't cool. So they kind of do a piece of the show and it's, it's pretty rough. People are throwing bottles at them. They're kind of getting people's faces because, you know, these are the type of punk musicians that hate skinheads. So there's a little bit of tension right from the bat. But then they go in the green room, which is basically a closet, and they're in there and they see a guy get murdered. They like walk in on a murder in progress and they end up barricading themselves in the green room. And all the skinheads are like, we have to kill them now. With a guy. They have a guy hostage like. Yeah, they have they have they have (laughs) basically the guy who is the second in command of of the skinheads. They have him in there and they call for the leader. They're like, "Our, our, our leader will show up. He'll figure it out. And who shows up but Pat? Patrick fucking Stewart, man. Lost my mind when that happened. Yeah. I was like, wow. And he's in charge of the skinheads and he's trying to negotiate with them to see if they'll open the door or how they can let them out or like what the deal is. But the whole time you're like, no, the second you open the door, you're dead. And it just keeps getting more and more intense. They're trying to dig through the floor at one point. At one point, the skinheads bring like vicious dogs inside, daring escape attempts, Lots yeah, they of, try like, to tension. get out of the room a couple times, right? Yeah. And then always have they, they have to keep coming back. And I think at one point they get out of the room, but they're kind of stuck in the building because now there's skinheads all around the outside of the yeah. building. And it, it it's one of those movies that's just a fucking bloodbath. It is visceral. It is raw. It is so intense. And I mean, talk about feeling trapped. That is a movie that I think at one point there is a moment where even the characters are like, I don't think we're getting out of this alive, but we can take as many skinheads as we can. Yes, they us. do say it. And this is a movie by Jeremy Solner who did um, Blue Ruin as yeah. well as Murder Party. Murder Party is a little different, but Blue Ruin, I think, is very similar to this movie. And he's one of those guys that I think can tell a great story. If I would... Like, like if he was going to do a rom-com and I knew it was him, I would check it out just because I like the way he tells a story. And I didn't know what this was. Literally, someone said, oh, you want to see a good new horror movie? Check out Green Room and check out The Invitation. That's all I went on. And I watched those two movies and loved them both. They're very different. But I agree with you. This isn't horror, especially if you go by like your defini- 
definition, Rumi. You always say like horror needs a supernatural element. The other one is like a thriller. This is definitely more thriller because it's all based in reality. Um, it, it definitely could be something that could happen, but it is scary. They try a yeah. couple different things. There's a couple different confrontations. The skinheads try to get them out or like, you know, smoke them out a couple different times. Um, definitely violent. Definitely. It's well acted. Uh, Anton Yelchin is in it. And uh, oh, R.I.P. Yeah. 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 And uh, I think her name is Aaliyah Shawkat, who is maybe from uh, Arrested Development. They're in the band. And there's a bunch of other faces that you'll recognize from here or there. But yeah, then when friggin' um, Sir What's-His-Name shows up as the lead skinhead, I was like, oh, shit. He must have he loved that role, too, because he got to do some really fun things that you wouldn't, Patrick Stewart, you wouldn't really think him to do. But definitely another movie, almost like The Descent, where how The Descent plays upon the physical nature of being confined. This plays upon, like, we're stuck here. And we're stuck here, like, if we try to leave, we could be, probably will be killed. And, like, yeah. how do we figure that out? Like you said, there is a certain point where a couple couple characters are like, I don't think we're going to make it out of this the way we want. Let's just try to bring it as hard as we can. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely and a good movie. It's weird because a lot of people who I talked about this movie, especially ones who have been in bands, are like, yeah, when you are, like, a poor band just trying to do your, like, a tour in, a, in the back of a van and you're just trying to go places, some of the places you end up are this fucking scary. And I'm like, yeah. what? And, like, I've heard from multiple people, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure if we had stayed at some of these bars that we played at like a little too long it would have turned into green room i was like that's horrifying i love the poster for this too because it's a call to the clash's uh london calling mm-hmm. album cover so london calling the clash is a punk album where the guy's smashing a guitar and this is kind of invoking that where the guy has a machete raised up and he's he's gonna smash that which i, I thought that was pretty cool it's a brutal movie it's really well done and worth watching it is good the disclaimer i give you is like I watched it with two friends you know who I watched it with dude remember Harry from MEL yeah I watched it with Harry and Amanda they were like let's watch like a kind of a scary movie I was like let's watch this and they had no precursor to what it was about and they were not ready for you know intense brutal violence based in reality (laughs) you know what I mean like it wasn't like cartoony or anything like you know like the thing is kind of brutal but like you you don't need a warning Let, let me ask you this though okay we've talked about movies that are good and that are brutal but I don't want to watch them again kind of like um uh invisible man which we'll get to later the invisible man is is one of those ones really good or like schindler's list is the classic you're like it's a damn good movie but how many how often i'm like that's what i want to watch green room is that level for me that i do want to watch sometimes sometimes in i'm in the mood for that level of intense action because i still think it's i don't want to say it's fun but it's fun enough like it's i don't know it's it's hard it's in that weird weird gray area for me where I, I could watch Green Room again multiple times. I agree with you. It's br- it's more brutal than like Taken or something, which also yeah. I think is pretty brutal, but it doesn't have that thing that you just like Schindler's List. Now, not that you'd compare it to Schindler's List, but like Schindler's List is a movie you can't watch every couple, like you can't watch every year. I don't, yeah. Or at least I don't, I wouldn't watch it. I wouldn't have the drive, even though it's an impeccable film. Um, I feel the same. I, I agree with you about Green Room. Like, yeah, I do want to watch it. I almost feel like if you think about that same director's um, other movies, he did Blue Ruin, which is part of cool revenge, also kind of like a trapped adventure. 
adventure type of not adventure but like action movie but also like this guy like you feel so bad for this guy because he's so down and has nothing going on and then he has to fight for his life for a bit or you know by kind of by accident that's not necessarily an, a movie that emotionally I want to experience over and over and over and over again but I do sometimes for sure you know did what you, I mean did you ever see Running Scared sounds familiar I think it's Paul Walker and it's he's trying to dispose of some guns that uh, for the mob and they start looking for the guns and it's really intense and it's one of those movies that a lot of people are like that's an action movie that's too intense it's really mm. violent and there's a scene where they're on this ice ice hockey rink and they turn on like the galactic ice so it's all black lights and shit and they hold him down on the ground and they shoot pucks at his face and it's like slap it's shots to the fa- yeah slap yeah. shots to the face it's it's pretty nuts but like that's a movie that a lot of people are like whoa too much and I was like this movie is great so this is fun and this is actually I wanted to to talk to you about a, a, a topic for this I just watched a movie called Blind Fury which is Rutger Hauer as a Vietnam vet who's yeah. blind and he has a yeah. samurai sword I know that movie however I don't know in our blockbuster where that goes because some of it feels like a family kid movie some of it feels like lethal weapon some of it feels like fucking green room where maybe not to the, that extent but like it's kind of brutal and um, it's funny because when you have a movie that's theoretically in a, a package of kind of a sci-fi movie or kind of a World War II movie or kind of a something movie if you as that movie lean too far out of that mold you kind of can lose your audience emotionally or like how they react to it right so when you watch a movie like you're saying this this running scared might be if it's supposed to be a crime thriller or an action movie if you lean too far one way or another if it gets too funny or there's too many slap shots to the face it starts to be like whoa 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 that's not what I signed up for right you can kind of lose the audience I think that's why I love Robocop so much because it, it rode it rides that line I love movies that do that though I, yeah, I like true. movies that that are like they're like hey we're a little bit drunk today you don't know what's gonna happen guys you don't know if I'm gonna be that that comedy uh, you don't know if I'm gonna be that hard action movie Movie, you don't know what's happening because you're kind of like movie. But you where can are you break, going? right? Like you can bend, but if you get bend it too far and you break it, yeah. then it's then you're like, what what the fuck is going well, on? And you brought up Dust Till Dawn earlier. I feel like Dust Till Dawn breaks it, but they do it on purpose. Like it's not like they're like, hey, we tried it, and they were like, hey, we're yeah. gonna just we're just gonna crash genre halfway through. Yeah, it takes a hard left turn. Yeah, which yeah, I just watched that movie recently. I could watch that movie every fucking week. It's so good. It's so badass, awesome, fun balls to the wall. It looks good. It's fun. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I love it. It's not my favorite, but it's... They're kind of trapped for half of it. I thought about putting that in this. I have better ones. It's, it's it, it, honorable mention. Let's put, let's put that on there as an uh, honorable mention. See. Well, here, I'm going to give you one of my favorites now. Okay. Yeah, I was going to do Green Worm, but I'm glad you did it, so you took it off my plate. I have a bunch of, like, honorable mentions, but one of my favorite, People Under the Stairs. Oh, dang, bro! Right? All right. Okay. So, if you guys have not seen this movie, I'm sure you've at least heard of it. I remember the first time I watched this movie being like, what? Because it feels like a nightmare because every scary dream I've ever had in real life is kind of all over the place, right? There's usually a narrative in it, but like it's all over the place and like shit doesn't make sense. People Under the Stairs was, let's see, it was 1991. Friggin', <laughs> it's a it's a Wes Craven, which I always forget. Ving Rhames is in it. A couple other people who you'd remember. The creepy guy, uh, Everett McGill from uh, Twin Peaks is in it. A couple other people who you'd you'd remember, you'd recognize. But like Ving Rhames eventually, but the two, two younger little African-American kids break into this house and the house like locks them in and they're stuck in there. And this creepy guy and creepy woman, Wendy Rob- Robel, Robel, 
play is the woman, and you'll recognize her when you see her. They're like creepy, incestuous feeling ma and pa trying to kill these kids in the house, releasing a Rottweiler dog on them. There's traps and everything. The guy who, uh, the actor who goes, Adam Burr, who's in and fucking everything, including Tammy and the T-Rex. Yes. He plays this weird, creepy guy under the stairs who has tongue bitten off, and he's one of those characters that's like creepy and menacing the kids at first, but later you find out. Got a fucking gimp suit in it. Yeah. And yeah, the, the, the Everett McGill's running around in a gimp suit with a sawn off, I think, double barrel shotgun shooting holes in the wall trying to kill the kid, trying to kill this creepy guy in the wall. They have a an invalid daughter who's like some in, in the house somewhere who tries to help the kids a couple times. But like, it's crazy. And it makes no sense. But these kids can't get out of this house. And like, staircases turn flat so the kids roll down them. They go into the basement and there's this like weird zombie pit with these weird like derelict people who look like half human half something else mutant type stuff it's like it's one of those things like because when you have like i don't have very many scary dreams like that but when it happens it's like that where it's just like a mishmash of like random shit it's one of those movies that i watched with kate for the first time i ever watched it it was like one of the earliest really? dates we had we rented nice. it as a movie lock that shit down uh it was not what i expected at all because from the, even from the poster it's a house and a skull mm-hmm. in the clouds i thought there right. was gonna be zombies or something i didn't expect at least some clouds i i didn't expect it to be booby trap house with like like feral children under in the basement it is so weird like you said does not make much sense but it's wild it's a weird one which is scary i think it's scary it's fun cartoony scary because these kids are running around the house it also is like 1991 is like what we're saying for these prime movies that are kind of like out of genre this was almost like tales from the crypt feeling where it was scary and trying to scare you but also very tongue-in-cheek very silly you didn't it's not like green room where you felt like you were in danger you were like really scared about the character like for the characters that doesn't really happen in this you're just kind of running along with them in this house and then a wall will close behind them and you're like how does a wall close in a house they have metal shutters that just come down and jam down like how does who built this people they're shooting off shotguns no one's coming to the door to see who's shooting shotguns and shit um it's fun it's a fun ride if you guys have never checked that out but definitely like to me that always felt like a nightmare to me the first time i saw that i was like that feels like a dream you can't get out of my memory of this movie also is as a kid your friends seeing it too young and trying to tell you what it's about <laughs> yeah because then you're like wait what i thought they were trapped in a house you're like yeah yeah they did but in the basement there's also these creatures and you're like what like oh yeah and the creature one gets in the wall and they're shooting and he's shooting it and he doesn't have a tongue you're like what wait what but the funny <laughs> thing is from all the stories of all the kids whose older brothers made them watch this and they were scared about it nobody was like and he's in this gimp suit because we didn't know what a gimp suit was <laughs> it was still a couple years before we saw Pulp Fiction it was kind of like wait you forgot to leave out that this guy's in a gimp suit the whole time They're like what's a gimp suit it's like oh I guess guess you wouldn't know we were all like fucking six or seven or whatever however old we were messed up movie it's messed up it's a weird one that's a good trap man good oh, I one. love I love that trap movie uh, let's see what else do I have can I throw some some honorable mentions one yeah that's what I was gonna because I, I, yeah. I think those are my biggest ones I have a couple other ones but I mean here's some some obvious ones alien I think alien 
where Event Horizon is more of a haunted house movie and a lot of ha- haunted house movies, you're trapped in them. Mm-hmm. Alien makes a good point of being like, we're stuck here. And if we don't handle this ourselves, we'll die. There is nobody coming to help us. We are trapped here. And I feel like they do a great job of that isolation and making you feel isolated in the world, which is important to this this sort of subgenre or, or, or technique that we're trying to exemplify. Where I do think you think it, they're trapped? In the spaceship. Hmm. Where do you think they're trapped? I don't. They're stuck in there. There's nowhere I to think go. They're, well, they have the, the shuttle, but at no point at no point earlier do they say, let's try to get out of here. Let's take the, the escape shuttle. And they're like, oh, there's only room for five. Like the escape shuttle is like an afterthought when there's only a couple of them left or one or two of them left. Well, they think they can take care of the creature, but you're trapped in this place with this creature. Like I agree with what you're saying, but I think the movie doesn't play up on the trapped enough to enough, enough to make me call it a trapped movie, I should say. Agree or disagree? How about the thing? <laughs> Do you the think thing the th- I, no? Uh, the thing I do think is because they tr- they they can't get out. The, the the creature, for instance, makes a point to fuck up their only means of you know outside world communication and certainly only means of escape. That's more yeah, clear. Yeah, he busts up their their escapes. Uh, the Shining. Yep, I thought same thing too. But also, I thought there's like being trapped was a second to the extreme haunting that was happening. So I wasn't going to delve into that, but certainly trapped. Misery also on my list. Yeah. Well, let's touch on misery. I don't think mi- misery is underrated. Agreed. Misery. Misery is James Caan and Kathy Bates, Mm -hmm. and James Caan is a writer. This is a Stephen King. He crashes his car in a snowstorm, and it's a bad one, and he wakes up in bed, and this woman's like, I'm going to help you, and like, we can't go anywhere. his legs are shredded, right? I think he fucked his legs up. He fucked his legs up, and she's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take care of you. We'll get you all better, and guess what? I'm your number one fan. I love your books, and he's like, oh, cool, 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 but then when he's like, hey, okay, it's been a couple days. Should we go to the hospital? She's like, nope, I'm keeping you here and it turns into this whole like horrible like terrifying nurse thing where his legs are he's basically crippled and then he gets more crippled <laughs> yeah yeah and he's trying to escape with broken legs while his like number one fan is obsessing over him and like torturing him and it's gnarly but the big scene is the hobbling scene where he tries to escape once and she catches him drags him back to bed and she's like I need to make sure you don't escape again so she puts a board between his legs and takes a sledgehammer and cracks him across his feet and they just go clonk and it's like oh yeah. oh it's one of those scenes i don't care who you are every time it just makes you go oh oh oh, oh no way oh and so bad it's like a couple traps right you know he's trapped with her he can't escape her he's trapped into doing something he doesn't want to do she wants him to write a new book and he's like we said before like rear window he's trapped with his body even if she was dead or was no longer a threat he physically can't get out and he like it describes there's a couple escape attempts he has in detail of him trying to get from one place to another without using his legs or through excruciating pain because she's trying to regulate what he does with pain pills and stuff so there's a time where he tries not to do he tries to save pain pills as much as he can and forward escape attempt and stuff and it's like him grinding bones together on the floor while crawling and shit it's pretty good it's, it's really really both and I've read the book and the movie they're both really really good both are really good yeah that's a good one really good misery's good here's one that I really want to talk about let me drop this one burning bright this is a 2010 familiar, but I keep I bring this up every time I can I love this movie burning bright 2010 it is a thriller centered on a young woman and her autistic little brother who are trapped in a house with a ravenous tiger during a hurricane. I think I almost just watched that because it's based on an Edward Blake poem that I love. 
Probably. Uh, I don't know if it's based on a poem. I think the poem has the title of the movie in it, but uh, it's it's just a cool movie. Carlos Brooks directed it. Um, it's got Garrett Dillhunt in it, who's he's in like Deadwood and like Fear the Walking Dead. Brianna uh, Evigan is gr- great in it. She's she's a really good piece of it. It's and and like the kid's autistic, but he's not like predator autistic. He's just kind of like it makes it so he can't really help fight against this tiger. But there's a hurricane coming. The dad is like runs a circus and he buys this tiger and he's like a shithead. He's kind of a drunk and an asshole. And they board up the house for the hurricane and the kids are trapped inside and the tiger's in there with them. And this tiger, man, the way they shoot it, some of it's like green screen, some of it's split screen, but it's really well done and the tension's really high. It reminds me of that scene from Jurassic Park where they're in the kitchen, but an entire movie. So it's really good, really well done. The tiger's scary as hell because usually it's a real tiger. I think maybe they use a puppet every now and then, but for the most part is a real tiger in the same scene. Now, I don't think they were ever in the same like space together. They use split screens or right, VFX, right. but like they did a great job of using a practical tiger in most of this movie. And it is, it's intense. They do a great job. It's really cool. It's worth checking out. Um, I mean, it's on Tubi, I think right now. Do you, Cause I feel like I, I read the description recently. Compare it to like bait or, um, baits on my list too. What was the, what was the, uh, the one under the house with the alligators? Crawl. Crawl. Is it like crawl, like as far as tone and how, like crawl was pretty good. And for a movie, yeah. like you've seen that movie before, maybe just not in a basement with alligators, but you've seen that movie. Is this similar to that in far as tone and how good it is? Crawl is bigger scope because crawl actually had like flooded houses, which for those of you who don't make movies, flooding a house is fucking hard to do. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, ha- Crawl basically takes Burning Bright and then at the end dialed it up to 20 where you're like, dang, they actually flooded these houses and they're on top of this roof and there's a hurt. They actually show the hurricane. This is not that big of a budget, but they do mm-hmm. a great job of you being like, the premise is a little thin. You're like, tiger in a house, just go outside. But it's like, hurricane, it's really bad. Okay, I get it. So they do a great job of, of selling it and setting up. But then the tiger stuff is really intense of them hiding in a closet and you have this autistic kid who you're not sure if he he is going to make noise because he's scared or if he's going to be quiet now, like you're not sure what's going to happen and he's not going to fight the tiger. So the girl has to like distract the tiger and there's a lot of like her running down one hallway and the tiger like chasing after her and then she zips in, closes the door, like her climbing up the laundry chute and the tiger's crawling up behind her and it's it's like, it's intense, man. Good. I haven't seen too many pictures of your house, but like the inside of your house, your your new house. But if there was a tiger in, in there and let's just say no Kate and no Sam, was it just you? Can you escape from a tiger in your house? You think you can handle that? There aren't that many like escapey escape places. I got to get to the garage or out the front door. <laughs> no, hurricane. You, you can't go out the front door. You're stuck in the house. My house is not that big. I, I, I'd probably, I'd probably is have it bigger to get than a, my, It's got to be bigger than mine, right? I, I think, I think if you took yours and stacked it, mine's not that oh, big. Okay. Of, it's not that big. It's, it's good size. I mean, I have this can extra you room. Can tiger? No, I, I'd be dead. Oh man. See, I, I think I can escape. I think it, it's hard, but I think that'll be about everything. Though. Yeah. I mean, if there's, it'd be a, hard. If there's a, were- a werewolf fighting a vampire, I think I could take them both <laughs> but <laughs> that's not based on the layout of my house that's just because i think i'm awesome you should watch this movie Rumi. watch it and let All me right. know um what was the other one you mentioned you mentioned uh oh bait I, bait's on my list that's a bunch of people in australia trapped in a flooded supermarket while a shark menaces them i thought that was pretty fun i, thought, I don't remember uh, anything about that i like it a lot it's like worth specifically it. like it was fun i remember liking it we watched it for a shitty movie once 
And I remember like, it's not a great shitty movie. It's not like a, a staple of shitty movie, but it's it's almost too good. Yeah. 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 I remember, but uh, it wasn't like great. I just remember it like it did. It, this is what the premise was. This is what it did. It did good. I don't remember any real deaths. I don't remember any real scenes. Oh, I like it. Worth the rewatch. For sure. Especially when we did our Shark Month a few months back during the summer, we did Shark Month and this was probably my favorite watch when we did it all. Like mm. we, I watched shitty shark movies. I watched good shark movies, ones that people said were good. And this was the one that I had the most <laughs> fun with because I, I like I like claustrophobic movies. And this was really cool because you had one location and people trying to figure out how to get out of there. And, and like Burning Bright's on that page where it's like it's one location and they do a great job of making that one location service a lot of great, exciting moments. Well, you know, the cool thing is a lot of times a movie will have a good idea and then other movies will rip it off. So we have King Kong versus Godzilla coming out. I heard that they're going to make Burning Bait and it's going to be a shark and a tiger trapped in a house and they have to try to get away from each other. I, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I, I would too. I would too. <laughs> what else do you have on your list, man? I have a fun movie that um we could talk about in depth, but I think you know we're running out of time, but it's also good for honorable mention. Did you say Identity? with John Cusack? Identity. Yeah. It's John Cusack, Amanda Peet, I think. A couple other people who you'd be like, oh yeah, them. And a little boy. And they're all trapped in a, like, uh, motel. Like a, you know, a couple buildings together motel. And no matter what happens, they can't seem to get away. They don't remember everything. And then there starts to be like, it, while that's happening, they keep cutting to this very large fat serial killer who's in like a parole hearing or something to that effect. So you, I think the movie plays it so that you think he's going to somehow be involved with menacing them slowly but surely people are dying at the at the hotel or the motel and they can't really get away i want to say that they try to get away at some point and something supernatural happens where like you know they try to run out of the exit but then they end up just seeing more of the same buildings or something so you you, you kind of figure out that there's more there at play than you think but they can't get away from this this motel and huge spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie it turns out that all of these people are different personalities in the big fat serial killer's head so you're watching real life you're watching his parole hearing but then in his head all these personalities start to be killed off in his head and in his head is the the motel so it's like a you know a construct for how his personalities start to get bumped off but it, it is a it is a slow reveal where you figure where you until you figure that out so you don't really know that that's what's going on until the movie tells you i've never seen this movie so now it's oh, it's, it's this is fun it's not gonna blow your mind i often think of this movie like frailty you've seen frailty right with uh Matthew McConaughey and uh, Bill Paxton. I, I love that movie. Frailty's yeah. great. That This movie, Identity, I saw it and I think it came out at right about the same time. I think it's a little bit less good than Frailty, but it's the same vein of like, that's a pretty cool concept with a decent reveal. Why aren't more people talking about this? Hmm. But I think I think it definitely fits Trapped because it's they're trapped in the, mo- in the motel and also they're all trapped in his mind and he's trapped in jail. So I think it's kind of a cool it's a cool, it's a cool movie. It's a cool way to spend an hour and a half or two hours, whatever it is. I, I need to see this now because I like the cast. It sounds good. Huh. Interesting. I'll, I'll have to look at it. Yeah, I've never seen this. Yeah, so it's we'll worth see it. now that you've ruined it. <laughs> How about how about the mist? That's pretty yep. good. That's a good trapped that was, one. That was on my and I love that story. It's a short story that yeah. they adapted to make the movie and then the other movie. But how about your boy Ryan Reynolds in Buried? I never saw that. Have you seen it? Yeah, I watched it. But what here's the weird thing: mm, yeah. if you're really in the mood for up close Ryan Reynolds, which I'll be <laughs> honest, I am because yeah. I'm sure he's like adorable and handsome. I don't know if that's going to be a funny movie. He doesn't sound like he'll be uh, playing to that strength there. But so it's he's a 
U.S. truck driver working in Iraq. He gets attacked by a group of Iraqi terrorists. He wakes to find himself buried alive inside a coffin with only a lighter and a cell phone. And it's a race against time. It's really intense. Um, and, you know, the whole time he's stuck in this tiny, tiny little box. It's really claustrophobic. Here's the weird thing is NC, um, what is it? The, the Las Vegas, and not NCIS. What is that show? You know, the, the, the who, the yeah. And they put SVU, on the SVU Law and Order SVU CIS sure CIS maybe it is maybe CSI CSI there it is Crime CSI scene investigation Quentin Tarantino did a CSI episode where he guest directed that was the same plot where the guy a guy is stuck in a coffin underground and like there's a camera filming him die and everybody's like oh my god we gotta save him and like they use ants that crawl across the camera to figure out like oh these ants are only in this one piece <laughs> of the book and they find him in the nick of time and you're like yeah and you feel good about it. it it's the, the CIS episode was better than the movie Barry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, Quentin Tarantino directed it, so you know there's like a level of like, wow going on which is fun buried was just like really grim and like get those ants all over (laughs) but again you like ryan reynolds so you might be like i want to see a bunch of shots that are extremely close on his face i love ryan reynolds yeah get me right in there i usually want him to be goofy though not goofy at all oh no he's scared and sad it's it's do you remember i don't remember who else was there but there's a movie called unknown and i saw it in best buy because i used to just go to best buy and buy a shit ton of dvds yeah yeah it shows like someone's Foot, like a shoot foot, like knock, like it implies in a knocked out person in like a factory on the cover. And reading the back, it says a bunch of people wake up in a, in a factory and nobody knows who they are or why they're there. And I yep. thought that was such a cool premise. Do you we, remember anything other than that? That we watched it together. Yeah, I think we watched it with a couple other people. I want to say you had friends over and we watched it. Do you remember anything about it? They slowly but surely get more details of why they're there. There's clues in the room that ex- it's like it's essentially like an escape room. Right. Yeah. But like, they start to figure out like, oh, wait, you're this person. Wait, you're my lawyer or wait, we're we're at odds. We're enemies. But wait, no, we're not. Who put us here? I think it's you. No, wait, you put there. They figure out, I believe they figure out that there was some sort of gas leak. So they all were in that room. And then this gas knocked them out and took away their memory for a short time. But they were like all there. To, it has a crazy cast, dude. Jim Caviezel, Greg Kinnear, yep. Joe uh, Pantoliano, Barry Pepper, Jeremy Sisto, uh, like, like a huge like pretty big cast but like I don't remember the reveal like I don't remember like oh it was me and this because of that and that's why this happened and that I just remember it was one of those things that the, the, the premise was way in my opinion at the time at least was way better than the the, the follow through this was from that era where like memento was happening where they're yeah, like yeah yeah oh we're gonna play with like how we tell stories yeah, narrative and storytelling like, <laughs> here's one where nobody knows what character they're supposed to play and we're gonna to try and figure it out <laughs> and like i remember it being good but i don't remember it being good enough for me to be like yes that's cool well, see i don't even remember it being good i have it i bought it on dvd because i remember being like that's a good premise and it, it must not have been bad because i don't remember it being bad but i don't remember what happened but if you want if you guys so if you guys want to watch a crap movie that, <laughs> that may have been okay but you won't remember what the what the re- what the reveal is what the payoff is they pumped gas into the room and we we can't remember if the movie's good or bad it, genius genius it came uh, and said sniff this after you watch it <laughs> <laughs> it's the best way not to like avoid spoilers man it's it's the best way just knock yourself out <laughs> and you wake up and you're like i have this movie i bought this dvd it must have been good enough for me to buy it <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> 
I want to talk about before we wrap up. This will be my last one. Um, and then, well, how about this? I'm going to give you a quick one. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, trapped in the past. Ooh. <laughs> now, I thought about doing stuff like that to try to be like, ah, you didn't think about this, did you? Trapped in a relationship is what I was going to do. I was like, ah, fuck it. I have enough real ones. Uh, Invisible Man, trapped in a relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to bring it up. Predator, somebody... When I was looking this up, and here's one that I completely disagree with. Somebody's like, Predator, he's trapped in the jungle. I'm like, no, he's not. He's not trapped at all. He can just walk away. He's being hunted, which is, you know, different, mm-hmm. but he's not trapped. There's nobody confining him or preventing him from just going somewhere in that direction any number of ways. He could walk 10 miles in any direction. He's not confined. It, the, the confinement is what makes a movie trapped. Even like, I don't even think he's like, oh man, I feel so trapped because I'm being hunted. Like, no, it's not. There's no obstacles to you going anywhere you want in the jungle. That's what makes it exciting. You're being hunted by a free roaming entity alien. I, I agree with that. I, I don't think that's a trap movie because first of all, there's a rendezvous point. So there is an a- egress point. They're trying to get out. So yep. there's like, you if you're trapped, you're trapped. You can't get out. There is there is no way to get out. Yep. Um, I would not dismiss being in a jungle as not being trapped though. But you to be trapped, like to me, I'm taking trapped to mean pretty much no way out. You know the that setup. you can't get out. You're trying to yeah. get out. There's a different setup though. For the trapped in the jungle movie, your airplane crashed in the jungle and you have no supplies and you're right. trapped. That's different. I Being, agree. hey, predator. we're dropping you off. We'll catch you up in a week. You know, right. okay, cool. That's not trapped. But here's my last one. Here's the one I wanted to bring up. Willie's Wonderland. This one came out recently. This is 2021's Willie's Wonderland stars Nicolas Cage and he's trapped inside like an abandoned Chuck E. Cheese-esque place called Willy's Wonderland and at night the animatronics come alive and try and murder people. I am so excited to see this even though you told me it wasn't that great. Uh, You could talk about it but I don't want any spoilers so while you talk about it I'm just going to take my headphones off and I'm just going to say la 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 la. But I don't want to hear you say la 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 la. (laughs) Now I can't talk. Uh, Okay, okay, okay. Try not to do any huge spoilers. I'll ask you on a personal level but if 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 it makes the show better by explaining something then say whatever i'm right. sure it's not i'm sure it's not the memento of killer Chuck E. cheese movies right i mean they need to make more killer Chuck E. cheese movies i'll just say that right <laughs> off the bat. Uh, nick cage basically his cool ass car is driving through the back roads of wherever the fuck they are and he runs over like a police strip of spikes and they're like oh you're stuck here we can do the repairs but you know you're gonna have to pay for them and he's like okay i got a credit card they're like Mm-mm, cash only and he's like okay where's the nearest bank and they're like Mm-mm. So you don't have any money, so you'll have to work it off. But he doesn't say any of these things because Nicolas Cage doesn't say a word the entire movie. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Nicolas Cage, you got him in the movie, but you couldn't afford any words out of his mouth. That's because his contract, he's like, fine, I'll do your shitty little movie, but it's twenty. It's $200 a word. They were like, okay. <laughs> so Sign on the dotted line. They lock him in Willy's Wonderland, and he's supposed to clean it. That's how he's paying off his debt to get the car fixed and he starts cleaning and they're like take plenty of breaks he's like nods and so he sets his watch to go off every I don't know hour or so and he takes a break by drinking like some sort of energy drink and playing a pinball machine that he finds and in between that he's cleaning and killing animatronic Willy's Wonderland characters and then goes back to like playing pinball and Wait, drinking he soda. keeps cleaning even after he kills one? Yes. The whole movie he's like trying to 
clean up. And even after he's slaughtering these robot monsters and making a mess, he goes back and keeps like trying, like, dang. Like, of course, never says anything, but like expresses disappointment that he's made a mess of his cleaning and goes mm. back and keeps cleaning. So at the end of the movie, I won't tell you where we're at, but like they come back and they're like, wow, the place is spotless and clean. <laughs> <laughs> is he physically trapped in the place or could he leave? He just couldn't pay. So they chain the place up. Oh, yeah. So he's trapped. And, that's, and that's it's trapped. boarded up. And some teenagers come and they're going to burn Willie's Wonderland down and they see that he's in there. And they they try to break in to get him out and he won't leave because he's said he has to get his car He's like, oh, no, I got to clean this. Yeah, I got to clean this. Please don't burn this down until I get paid. So teenagers start getting slaughtered and he starts fighting robots. And I, I didn't say it was bad. I said it's one of those movies that had a really low budget and they did a lot with mm. very little. Could you have gone farther? Sure. But I've been there. You don't have the money to go farther. So you did a great job with what you had, but I wanted a few more memorable kills. That's how I felt about when they made, and I think we talked about this on a, what have you been watching, but they made a Banana Splits movie. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, a, a thing. It's almost like Banana Splits with these animatronic characters that were yeah. based on the old, like, 70s actual Hanna-Barbera Banana Splits TV show. I thought that was fucking genius. Genius. But the movie is so lackluster. It's not bad, but it's just like, meh, who cares? Like, it's exactly what you think it's going to be in a very not that exciting visual way. And there's not a lot of good death. There's not a lot of cool stuff with the animal with the animal slash animatronic people. I feel like this, the, the, the animatronics are fun. They do a good job with what they have. There certainly is like a camp factor with Nick Cage that makes you kind of go, that's fun. Yeah. You're having fun. But yeah, I think the animatronics kills the stuff that they do. I, I can't remember them being yeah. like stellar, but they weren't. It's worth watching. It's you should watch of, it. of Chuck E. Cheese. I'm gonna. I just am waiting. It's like $20 to rent it on Amazon right now. And I'm like, I'm not renting anything for $20. I'll buy it. I want to play that pinball machine. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> All right. I'll check that out. It's fun. And I mean, again, I think Nick Cage is at a weird point in his career where there's like this camp factor to it that people are like, oh man, a Nick Cage movie. Blah, blah, and they love it. <laughs> and I'm not that way. I agree. I know what you mean. People get so amped up like, oh man, let's see Nick Cage act crazy. And it's like, uh, like Mandy. Well, it's almost like a little bit. Yeah. Like, it's like a little bit of him doing crazy shit was cool. But now that it's his thing. Yeah. I'm like, at least I'm over it. I saw it once. I already saw it. I saw it too many times at this point. Once too or many twice times. was fine. But now it's like, well, eh. uh, Mandy was not my cup of tea for that very reason. No, I'm like this. I mean, I think Mandy toots its own horn quite loud and quite long throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, uh, and it's I don't think that's worth the payoff either. But I, I watched that with my brother. And there was a point where we like turned each other and we're like, I would turn this movie off if. You yeah. 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 And we were Same both like it, in it for the long run. And yeah. this movie was so up its own beehole about like <laughs> to the point that like an hour into the movie, the title card appeared. And it's like, yeah. that's not how movies work. Yeah. Again, credit for them trying to do what they want to do and telling the story they wanted to tell. But like there's a couple points you're like, ooh, that looks interesting. And they're like, yeah, because of this. You're like, oh, but that no, it's not interesting. What you just made was the one the one or two things in this movie that were popping the balloon up. You've now made it like, I don't care about that. Chainsaw fight. Yeah, but just for like one <laughs> second. <laughs> well, I got one more trap that I think is worth mentioning, and I'm actually right. surprised. I'll be surprised if this wasn't on your list. All right, let's do it and then do a, do a countdown. Another Stephen King. Do it. Cujo. Ooh. 
trapped in the car, not only on this property, but trapped in the car. I remember I read that in sixth grade for a book report. And I remember, you know, his writing, him explaining how terrified this mom was for her little son in this car. And I remember like being transported there through the book to be like, wow, what would it be like if you were stuck in a car? And I remember he's dying. She was not worried he would die from the dog. She was worried he would die of dehydration because they literally couldn't get out of that car for days. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, oh, how cool of a, of a, of a, of a, a device to have that be like how cool of a situation to have them be in because you have you know the dog is is patrolling outside the car won't let them out and even later when other characters are there they get trapped in either in the house or on the property or whatever um i just thought that was cool and i think uh definitely being trapped in that car is essential to that plot and that movie that that story being told in the whether the movie or in the book did you see the movie monster that's what it's called just called monster it's cujo but with a monster no i i know what you're talking about i think i saw it on uh Netflix or whatever, but I didn't. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't seen it yet either. But you brought bring that up, reminded me. Well, let's do a countdown, man. Let's figure out what our uh, what our top trap movies are. What do you think? Okay. All, All right. right, we'll be right back with the pulp culture countdown of being trapped. Ignition sequence start. We're back. The Pulp Culture Countdown for your trap movies. Matt, this is not my favorite one because <laughs> it's one of the ones that you love and I tolerate, but sure. it is wild. Like, I'm not going to, like, everything you said is 100% true, and I cannot argue with the fact that this is <laughs> groundbreaking. Just wild. Hysterically weird. Hysterically weird. So weird. But I don't know. It, you love it to the point that you could sing about it. So hit us up with number five. Seven o'clock in the morning and the rays from the sun wakes me. I'm stretching and yawning in a bed that don't belong to me. A voice yells out good morning darling from the bathroom. She comes in and kisses me to my surprise she ain't you. Now I've got this dumb look on my face like what have I done? One of my favorite lines. How could I be so stupid to be half late here to the morning sun? Must have lost the track of time. Oh what was on my mind? <laughs> from the club went to a home. Didn't plan to stay that long. Here I am quickly trying to put on my clothes. Searching for my car keys, trying to head up on out the door. Then she stretched her hand in front of it. Said, you can't go this way. Look at her like she was crazy. Said, woman, move out my way. Said, I've got a wife at home. She said, you can't go down there. Lady, I've got to get to home. She said, a husband was coming up the stairs. Shh, quiet. Hurry up and get in the closet. Trapped in the closet with R. Kelly, man. <laughs> <laughs> at least the first 12 chapters. I could sing I could sing at least the first three chapters without making a mistake. And I am proud of it. <laughs> and I only pee in toilets. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen Trapped in the Closet, it's worth the watch. It's super fucking funny. It's random. He is trapped and multiple characters are trapped in many different things. But unfortunately, I think now you have to like completely separate the fact that he's such a piece of shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he's very funny in this. I don't even really care about his music. I know like maybe two or three of his actual songs that I could tell you. I, know I mean, Remix to Ignition is a jam. It is good, right? <laughs> and I think, like you said, like there shouldn't be any shame in being like, I like his song. Like you can shame me for spending money on it that benefits him. Sure. I suppose. I don't think that's fair, but like, okay. But I, I think me being, I am allowed to like his music without someone criticizing me for like being on board for little girl peeing. Yeah, I, I've liked worse people for less and they're pieces of shit. You know, there's, pl there's plenty of pieces of shit that... 
they made a jam. Accomplished. They're yeah. accomplished pieces of shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It doesn't mean I'm going to buy their movies anymore or ever, ever like hang out with them. <laughs> we act like that's the prize. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what, what that, that's number uh, five. five. What do you got At for number, number four? four? People Under the Stairs. Now, this is one that when you brought it up, I had some flashbacks to like walking through the video store and being like, that movie looks scary. Like it has a cover that I remember. I don't know if we brought this cover up. That movie looks scary. There's too many clouds. Clouds with skulls in them. I don't think skulls are supposed to be in clouds. Um, it is one of those movies just like uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 2 and Fright Night where there's like clouds and like clouds. a face yep, in them. Yeah. A big cloud thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I don't think we brought this up in like memorable movie covers that this movie was one that I was always like, eee, spooky. Uh, people on the stairs, a little kid trapped in like some sort of like murder mansion <laughs> like with all sorts of booby traps and people under the stairs. Yeah, and it gets stairs. odder from there. Yeah, <laughs> it does not get easier. Uh, but it's a good one. That's Yeah, people are trapped. Oh man, it's freaky. Number three. Number three, and it was hard to pick a specific Stephen King trap story because we talked about three of them, right? Cujo, yeah, we had it. Uh, Cujo and The Mist, but I think beating that out is misery. Uh, you got the movie, at least. James Caan plays a writer trapped by Kathy Bates. Uh, the book is really creepy and scary, too, but the movie, I think the movie, like Psycho, is one of those movies that even if you haven't seen it, you know what it is, and you know the scene, and you know the setup of that. You know the visual imagery. And yeah, he's, like we said, that's multiple traps, too, right? He can't walk. He's trapped by this woman. Actually, if you really want to get into it, he feels trapped by his career, which is what starts <laughs> off the entire process of events. But real world infecting horror. See, there we yeah. go. <laughs> it's it's that, that's a cool one too. And I'm sure you guys like. I bet you a lot of you listening know that movie, but never saw it. Right. So that's that's underrated. Definitely worth checking out. Yeah, underrated. Good. Yeah. So at number two, we have Green Room. This is a punk band that is trapped in a green room of a skinhead biker bar, and things do not go their way. Uh, let's just say they don't get an encore. <laughs> <laughs> there is a lot of good gore, though. There's actually some pretty good practical special effects, and it is brutal. It's one of those, like, you watch Scream. Scream isn't brutal. There's a lot of violence, but it's not brutal. There's a lot of in-your-face stuff in this that really make it hit home, and I think it's what we said earlier in the oh. episode. That's what makes it that you don't necessarily want to watch it every week. There's you know? a scene where they realize that the skinheads have released Rottweilers into the bar, and, like, nobody else is in the bar, but they're, like, the skinheads are outside trying to figure out what to do and they're like well what do we do to keep them from getting outside and they're like we'll let the Rottweilers in so the Rottweilers are just patrolling the bar very Cujo-esque and the band's like we gotta make a run for it and they know they're gonna get bit by dogs and that like oh man them getting ready to do it is just like oh oh it makes you feel so just icky cause man that fear of being chased by an animal or being bit by a dog. Rumi, have you ever been chased by a dog? No, I've chased a couple dogs. Okay. Those dogs have that fear of me. When I was a kid, for the longest time, dude, I don't know what it was, but I'd be chased by dogs. And like, oh man, there was one time my girlfriend in high school was like, come on over. And like, you can just, the door's open. Come on in. I opened the door nice. and her giant ass Rottweiler was like, to fuck? And he came charging at me and the feeling of your just like, your whole soul just sinking to your groin that's about to be attacked by a Rottweiler that you're just like, oh, please don't bite my dick off or like right. whatever it is. Like I you're have just... too many jokes to make here. Was your girlfriend living at a, uh, a, a white supremacy bar at the time? <laughs> number one. She was also <laughs> not a Rottweiler. Yeah. Two. Number two, you said that you used to be chased by so many dogs. Yeah. So number two is, did you used to be delicious? <laughs> 
And number I, three is, did you stop? Like, are you no longer chased? And if so, are you no longer as tasty? I met a dog that really liked me. That was it. Like, what changed you think it? He put a good word in with all the other dogs. I think that's what happened, man. <laughs> I've been in the woods. If you guys are listening to this and you're not watching it on YouTube, at least go watch the clip of Rumi just saying, I think that's what it is. Because he was super sincere. <laughs> I met a dog. He was like, hey, you're cool. Let's play all the time. All this dog wanted to do is play. I had never had that relationship with dogs. That was like... Uh, just like, groin biting at your girlfriend's house. That's all you tearing know. into my coats. Coats ruined. <laughs> I've been like walking through the woods and all of a sudden there's a dog and you're like, oh, fuck. And that dog's like, oh, fuck. And like chasing you. And I don't know how many times I've heard, my dog's never done that before. And you're just like, fuck you. Fuck you. Like, uh, once I was building some shells in a guy's garage, and he's like, hey, I'm going to leave, but my dog's inside. Just so you know, he's cool though. Okay. I go inside to get a glass of wine. And that dog's just like, who the fuck are you? Because I don't think people realize. Stop going in people's houses. People don't realize that their dog's cool when there's home, when they're home. But when they leave and that dog didn't know a stranger was at his house. And I just walk in and that dog was like, who the fuck are you? And I had my own little burning bright minutes where I'm like running through the house being chased by his dog and I'm in the garage and I'm trapped in the fucking garage. So I try to leave out the side and the dog, the back door's open. The dog comes running around the corner. He's like, the fuck are you doing out here? And that dog's chasing me. the guy came home? Who's the guy you building shelves at? Some guy? He's a famous makeup artist, actually. I'll tell you, I don't want to drop his name. But so then he comes home and I come inside and that dog's staring me down and I had this moment where I was paralyzed and I was like can somebody get the dog and they're like he's friendly I'm like please just come get the dog and their his kids were like fuck's wrong with you pussy and it's like <laughs> it was like oh my god but like then the dog was fine when he's like oh I guess this guy's supposed to be here I don't blame the dog but it was a horrible situation where like he, the dog had no clue who this stranger was doing at his fucking house and I'm like oh hey and he just wanted to murder me and that feeling of knowing that that dog wants to murder me and knowing that he could too because I'm, I'm not a small guy but like it doesn't take much dog to rip the shit out of me i'm sure of it <laughs> i mean or bigger at least, than at least ruin your jacket like dude the rottweiler that thing was a monster it, yeah. that thing was as big as a couch <laughs> the the one at the, at the at this house that i was working at he that was a boxer and he was pretty big you've had boxers, boxers had yeah boxers are, are good dogs good dogs but but not small dogs this was no they're like a me and they could be big but they're they're a medium dog and they're they were bred to bite to bait bears so like yeah. they were an aggressive little like you could you could you could do some damage if you were a boxer i i certainly would not have left that fight i, I might be, have been able to take the boxer but i certainly would not have left that fight with all my fingers or eyes or whatever you know would have been bad oh see i'm like i'm the same thing i'm like vampires dogs werewolves i could i could take them all i'm not worried about it i could take them i don't want to i don't want to get into a fight i'd rather fight a vampire than a, a, do a dog yeah i don't want to get bit by a dog like come on you would you get bit by a vampire yeah i get cool powers getting bit by a dog you get fucking rabies no and it sucks yeah no powers and being bitten by a dog fucking sucks. Okay, so we'll just... Uh, All right. Green room, number two. What's number one, Rumi? <laughs> number one, I think uh, we came to it pretty quickly, was the descent. It's, you know, it, again, works on multiple levels for being trapped. As far as um, entertainment, as a movie, as a medium, it really, I think, more so than anything we've talked about, really shows you or these characters feeling trapped in such a way that makes you feel like you're there. It makes you feel trapped in these spaces with them, which I think is pretty cool. And that's what you, in that movie, that's what you want, right? You want your yeah. audience to relate to your character 
characters on such a visceral type of level. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't seen any of these, check them out. But yeah, Descent is definitely good like, recommendations. Descent definitely will make you feel, you know, happy to walk out your house when you're done. Yeah, it's so good. Have you ever been spelunking, Rumi? Like actually spelunking? I'm not talking I Mammoth have. Cave where you like Mammoth Cave in Kentucky. You can just walk through the whole thing. It's the largest cave system in the United States. You can just literally, you never have to crawl through anything. You just walk into it. Uh, I went spelunking with the Boy Scouts to Buckner's mm-hmm. Cave in Southern Indiana, and it's a college town in Bloomington where Buckner's Cave is, and <laughs> there's a room in Buckner's Cave called the 420 Room. Guess why? <laughs> people were murdered there. <laughs> there's 420 skulls in the ground. No, uh, people go in there with like Sharpies and paint and write 420 on the wall, and the whole wall of this little room is decked out with 420, and there's all sorts of like weed and bongs down there. Cool. Cool. So to get into Buckner's Cave, there's a 200-yard belly crawl. That's how it starts. It's a tiny wow. hole in the ground, and you have to, like, army crawl. Not my favorite part of that that whole thing, because immediately- Where you put your Sharpie? In your mouth? In your pockets or whatever. <laughs> we were Boy Scouts. We were young. Like we're like I'm, like, 13 yeah. at this point. And we get in there, and we're going through the cave, and we have guides, and we have maps, and we're going through the cave- and suddenly we hear, hey, yo, uh, help us, dudes. And we're like, what? And we turn the flashlights and there's these two dudes like scared shitless and high. And they're like, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, bro, we, we got lost. Whoa, there's a bunch of little kids down here. We're like, yeah. And they were like, oh, we need help getting out of here. We're lost. And, the, and our guide, who was an adult, was like, yeah, we'll get you out. But you have to like, we just started. You got to come with us. We're not going right back out. So you can either wait here. and We'll come back for you or you come with us. And so the rest of this trip through this cave was these yeah, Bill and Ted with you <laughs> Bill and Ted were just like oh whoa oh dude gnarly bro oh I'm so hungry oh I gotta pee and these guys whined so much they were way in over their heads they were not prepared for a real <laughs> spelunking adventure oh I could spelunk I went one we went once in Mexico I think it was in Cancun and like there were guides <laughs> and everything and we had helmets and shit <laughs> What are you laughing at? <laughs> it's like we went splunking. The weirdest thing is they made us carry things in our butts. It was very strange. Like they're like, this is a tracking marker, and you guys they didn't just make us. And it's they like didn't make <laughs> us do it. Once you get to this one part of the cave, you drop it off and come back. That's all you got to do. And you're like, cool, splunking. I, <laughs> I think you were a drug mule, Ruby. <laughs> I was the best drunk mule. There was no dogs biting me though. That's for sure. <laughs> So you went spelunking in Mexico. That's good. Well, yeah, but it was like, but it was like, we were, I think the one that we won, there was one that they said that they were like almost a mile underground. And when you think about what a mile is in one stretch, and then you think like that's on top of us. And like theoretically, it shouldn't come down. Uh, and also, uh, uh. there's that like they you get to a certain point, and they're like, "We'll turn their lights off, and you'll see like what literal pitch black looks like." And I can't quantify it. I've never seen anything so black before because there is absolutely no light. Like yeah. think of the darkest night you've ever seen. There still is some ambient light from something. This was like nothing because you're a mile underground. And I remember like it's pretty cool to think that, and also to be like, I, I'm not claustrophobic, but you do have that feeling of like if I were to freak out right now, I would not be able to see the sun for 15, 20 minutes. Like if I said I there's an emergency, you can't get out for 15, 20 minutes, that then I can I can easily understand how someone could be claustrophobic and panicky in that situation. There's a moment in the Buckner's cave called the duck 
walk where you're knee deep. Oh, the room in, full of ducks. I saw yeah. that. And you, everyone brings a sharpie and it draws ducks on the wall. <laughs> no, no. You're knee deep in water and the ceiling is only high enough for you to like bend over. So you have to like walk like a duck. That's the moment that I was like, nope. Cause you're in like a stress position, like bent mm, yeah, over. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like knee deep in water and you're just like, ah. And that's the moment I was like, I, I, I'm ready to turn around. This is not fun. But we get out. It's fine. It's fun. I like there it. Was, and I, I don't think I'm claustrophobic until I am. And then it's. Yeah, like, that's the thing, right? Yeah. But I think it takes a couple other stressors to get you there. You know, you're like, and then on top of it, I'm confined. There's been. So when I was little, when I was like two or three, I jumped off a couch and landed on my chin and bit through my tongue, like bit a hole directly through my tongue. And I had to get stitches in my tongue. And I remember I actually, well, I think I remember some of this. When I went to the emergency room, they tied me down like they had to time, like restrain me like vampire style. If I remember correctly, my arms across, but my arms were definitely restrained. Then they used forceps to pull my tongue out of my mouth so that they could stitch it because I wasn't behaving. I wasn't helping. A couple years ago, maybe like five or six years ago, my aunt who was there said that she later babysat me and one night when she tucked me in, she tucked my arms in that position and I flipped out. And she says she thought it was because I was traumatized from being tied up in the ER. She said that five or six years ago when I'm like a grown up. Since then, I have realized that when my arms are pinned, I can get I can get that like a little bit of freaked out feeling. There's times for like special effects where I've had to like crawl into or under something and you get to a point where you're like, I could be stuck. Like there's a good chance that whatever I'm doing right now, I don't have the clearance to really get out of here or if this were to move a little bit, you know, and you're like, I can't think of a specific example now, but every once in a while I'll be doing something and I'll be like, I might, like I could get stuck like this. And I'm like, if I get stuck like this, my arms are pinned underneath me, I wouldn't be able to move my arms. And that ends up like, that's that fuse that gets lit on the panic bomb where I'm like, I think I can handle this, but if I can't. And it's like, it's fine on its own, but when the forceps come in and grab your tongue, like the the extra stressors really like that's, that will set you off right away. You you know that the, the, the fuse is lit. And if somebody starts blowing on it with extra stressors, this is going to be a good situation. Forceps are a whole thing for me too. One time my girlfriend called me and she was like, Hey, come over to my house. You could just come in. The door's open. I opened the door and there was just a pair of forceps right there. And it was like, what the fuck? And you had to jump on their antique couch and the parents weren't pissed that you were there uninvited. They weren't pissed that the dog attacked you. They were pissed that you ruined their antique couch. Is that what happened? Yeah. Yeah. You ruined an antique couch. That's the best part of the story. Why would you not say that? Because I forgot. I, I, like all of it's coming back to me now. Seriously, just You're that feeling. What the fuck? <laughs> yep. All right. Well, that's been fun, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Launchpad Podcast. We really appreciate all of our listeners. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod on our website, launchpadpod.com. Check us out on YouTube. We love people watching our YouTube. I love getting all the responses. Somebody gave us the greatest response. Friend of the show, Lee. He had this great response to our Invisible Man one. He goes, "It was cracking me up. I love the Invisible Man." And he was like, "Man, to think about every." time that guy laughs maniacally invisible his balls are just like uh. <laughs> and then i was like oh shit he can't sneak anywhere everywhere he'd sneak you just hear flap, 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 flap. yeah <laughs> i honestly thought that when i was watching me and amanda watched the original invisible man recently yeah. and i was like he's just running around naked and i was like that is it's hard i mean it's hard to be like can you imagine even if you were invisible sneaking into a room to the point where no one could hear you like none of your footfalls none of your body touching itself like you know what I mean? Like your arms rubbing against the inside of your, of your, you know, your chest or your side of your chest. Yeah. You're, I mean, the rubbing of my fat thighs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
lapping of a flaccid dog. Yeah, that's the thing is, dude, I'm getting old, so like all my knees and joints and everything are popping. Yeah, I'm going to be tripping over my balls soon. (laughs) Well, that's how the Paul Verhoeven hollow man solved it. Just made him hard the whole time. (laughs) Well, that's fucked up. Guys, this has been super fun. (gasps) Hollow man trapped in an underground research facility. That's true. Deep Blue Sea trapped in an underwater research facility. I guess, yeah, that is true too. Yeah. Let's blast this thing off. This has been fun. (sighs) All right, here we go. All right, guys, we've been the Rocketeers and we are out. If we can get out. We're trapped. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.